Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm with offices in Missouri and Illinois. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. My name is Kirk Stangy, and today's topic is Are Pre-Embryos Human Beings Under the Law? This is an interesting topic, and it is based on an article uh, that we have on FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, and the title of that article is Are Pre-Embryos Human Beings or Property and Divorce? So as a follow-up to that episode uh, today, you can certainly go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com and read this article as well, um, and you will find... Uh, at the article itself, a link to the case that we're about to talk about as well. So this is a published opinion. You can actually read the case online as a follow-up today if this is a topic that's of interest to you. But uh, here's a topic, and let's go ahead and jump on in, which is in Missouri uh, in November. There was a really interesting Court of Appeals uh, decision that came out um, on the topic of pre-embryos and whether or not in divorce proceedings they are considered human beings. In other words, uh, uh, children, uh, where traditional uh, custody uh, laws would apply. In other words, the best interest of the child, uh, and just like any children born, uh, they would uh, ultimately uh, be treated as children, and you would have a more uh, a traditional custody schedule um, application to the scenario. Or, on the flip end, are uh, pre-embryos property? In other words, uh, like other property that parties might have when they're married that needs to be divided uh, in a just manner when considering all the factors. So are they human beings under the law, or are they property under the law, in which case uh, they would be divided as any other property in divorce proceedings? So that's the topic, a really interesting topic, and I'll just say this as well, uh, a very complicated fact pattern. Um, so read the case itself. Uh, if you like. Again, there's a link to the case itself in the published opinion. and You can read it, and it'll give you a lot of background and a lot more background um, than what we can cover today. Uh, but let me try to explain it to you the best I can. And again, I'm trying to sum it up, and I know in some ways uh, I'm probably oversimplifying the fact pattern, and there might be uh, some specific facts that I inadvertently forget to mention, but I'll try to summarize it the best that I can. And again, it's a complicated fact pattern, so it's hard to get it uh, 100% right, but you can certainly read the case itself and the link to it. But in essence, husband and wife in this case uh, were in divorce proceedings. And apparently, if you read the case, uh, these divorce proceedings had been going on for some period of time. And uh, somewhere around 2007, uh, they cryopreserved uh, some pre-embryos that they had created uh, through IVF treatments, right? So the parties have IVF treatments. They create uh, these embryos or pre-embryos, if you will, and then they're cryopreserved. Now, you might say, what's the difference between an embryo and a pre-embryo? Well, a pre-embryo hasn't been implanted in the uterus yet, right? So these are created through IVS. They're then cryopreserved uh, to be implanted at a later date when the parties are actually trying uh, to conceive. Now, uh, during the IVS process, the parties apparently signed an agreement with the fertility clinic, and this became a big issue of dispute 
in the case itself, and if you read the facts, you'll re really see it in there. But the document itself uh, indicated uh, that wife would receive uh, the embryos in the event of divorce, but then there's a lot of discourse about the circumstances um, uh, in which this agreement was ultimately signed and there's some allegations made. And again, I'm not taking sides. I certainly don't know what happened or what didn't happen. I can just read the case. Um, but there's a question at least in terms of looking at the case, and this is what the, the appeals court uh, opinion references, which is was uh, critical information written in after husband signed this document, uh, or was that not the case? And the court looked at the color of the ink. Uh, they looked at some of the facts involved in terms of how uh, the agreement came to fruition. Uh, apparently it was presented by wife to husband, and apparently from reading the opinion, it talks about uh, maybe some of the, the signing of the document took place on two different dates. But long story short, the agreement indicated uh, that wife would uh, get these pre-embryos in the event of divorce. Uh, but ultimately, as the court looked at the agreement, uh, they seemed to have uh, a big question about it. And the trial court, at least, did not enforce the agreement based on a lot of these concerns and the appeals court ultimately upheld that. So the agreement doesn't end up carrying the day, and I'll just say this as well, and we're focusing on this one particular case for purposes of the podcast today, uh, but there have been similar cases in other jurisdictions as well, and you get into a real question, um, even, even if the contract had been entered in a way in which no doubts were raised, which is whether or not contract law even really applies when you're dealing with something as sensitive and, and, and personal as embryos. But in this case, uh, ultimately the court uh, didn't have to get into that because um, they found at the end of the day um, that this agreement wasn't enforceable. But in terms of uh, the embryos themselves or the pre-embryos, husband and wife in this case really differed in their opinion in terms of what should happen with them. Uh, husband in the case uh, wanted uh, these pre-embryos to be donated to an infertile couple uh, donated to research or to be destroyed. Uh, uh, on the other hand, a wife wanted to have uh, uh, possession or custody, if you will, of these pre-embryos and, and ultimately be able to give birth uh, uh, to children or at least attempt to give birth to children through implantation of these embryos. Um, in, in this dispute between the two of them in terms of what was going to happen, with these pre-embryos, again, again, became very litigious. Uh, the parties couldn't agree. They both had different perspectives. Uh, uh, McQueen, uh, the wife in this case, uh, wanted to be able to uh, ultimately uh, give birth or at least try to conceive, and the husband in this case, Gadbury, uh, didn't agree with that. Uh, and that culminated in this uh, opinion by the Missouri Court of Appeals. Uh, ultimately, when the trial court uh, analyze this case. What the trial court did is gave the parties uh, joint possession uh, uh, at the end of the day um, of these pre-embryos. So both parties at the end of the day had joint possession, which at the end of the day uh, didn't really give uh, either part either party really the ability to make a, a, a unilateral uh, uh, decision uh, with regard to what was going to happen with these uh, 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 pre-embryos. And so the court, again, found that both parties are considered to have an equal interest in them. And the court also, in terms of this debate, which is the title uh, of the podcast episode today, when the court uh, uh, weighed, are these human beings or is, are they property? 
uh, uh, under the law. So the human beings are they property under the law? The court, uh, the trial court, indicated that they were marital property of special character, and again, uh, then awarded uh, in essence uh, uh, both parties equal right to them, which at the end of the day really um, made it such that wife can't, at least in terms of this opinion, implant these uh, pre-embryos and conceive children. And so that was ultimately the decision of this case, um, uh, that they're marital property of special character versus being human beings, uh, which, where uh, traditional standards of custody would apply. Now, uh, in looking at the case itself, uh, really some in interesting takeaways. And again, you know, as a follow-up to the episode, you could definitely uh, read the case opinion itself, uh, and it goes into a lot more uh, detail, but one of the things um, uh, that the court indicated, if you read the opinion, was this, and I'll give you a quote, which is, although McQueen has the right to procreate, that does not mean she has the right to procreate with Gadbury by implanting the frozen pre-embryos which contain his genetic material. So uh, that was one, kind of one key uh, quote, one key takeaway from, from the decision itself. Now, there was a dissenting opinion, so not all the judges in this case agreed. Uh, and the dissenting opinion uh, indicated this, and I'll give you a quote, which is, Missouri law makes one thing abundantly clear. Two embryos at issue in this case are human beings with protectable interest in life, health, and well-being. And then it cites in Missouri statute section 1.205, which at the end of the day uh, gives some definition uh, to what is human life uh, in the state of Missouri. And, and the dissenting opinion indicates that under the statutory language, uh, uh, these pre-embryos are human life, and, and they should be treated as such uh, and be given the protections of such. So uh, a really interesting decision, again, in terms of weighing are pre-embryos uh, human life? Uh, are they uh, marital property? At least according to this uh, uh, case decision, they're marital property of a special character. Now, in saying that, uh, again, this is a tough issue for a lot of individuals going through IVF, and I think uh, for individuals like who are going through it and they're going to create these pre-embryos, I think some takeaways from this case uh, would be uh, if you're going to uh, create frozen embryos or pre-embryos as took place here, you want to spend a lot of time uh, discussing the matter uh, with your spouse or whoever the other parent is going to be and make sure that, that you're both on the same page, uh, that you both have a definitive uh, agreement put in place in terms of uh, what would take place. Um, by doing that, um, you can help prevent uh, disputes later. In terms of looking at the facts of this case, um, again, I can just read uh, the case decision itself in terms of what was reported, and there might be more to uh, the story theoretically than what um, um, in theory ended up in the public's opinion, but at least from reading the case, it appears that the parties in this case didn't agree, and they really didn't have uh, a meeting of the minds out of the gates um, uh, in terms of what they both wanted uh, in the case of divorce. And so for, for parties that are going to go through IVF, um, that's really important. And so if you haven't considered it, uh, you definitely do want to consider it. Uh, and by doing that, you can, uh, at the end of the day, help prevent litigation on the back end uh, if a marriage uh, later ends in divorce or a relationship later uh, uh, doesn't, uh, uh, you know, doesn't continue on indefinitely. In other words, it ends. Uh, a few other takeaways from this case as well, which I would just state, which is this, which is um, I think a lot of 
you know, a lot of us attorneys are assumed this case will make its way to the to the Missouri Supreme Court. Uh, so theoretically, this you know this decision may or may not stand. Who knows for sure? But for now, this is the decision of Missouri, at least. Uh, but again, it's certainly possible that this makes its way to the Missouri Supreme Court, and who knows for sure uh, what might happen up there as well. Uh, a couple other takeaways as well, which is there's been some proposed legislation uh, in Missouri, at least, uh, to attempt to deal with this issue uh, as well in terms of uh, uh, defining um, uh, pre-embryos as human beings uh, versus uh, uh, property in a divorce proceeding. So certainly, if, if new legislation passes and were to be signed uh, into law, that could change the analysis, at least in the state of Missouri. But who knows for sure what, what ultimately will happen there. Uh, I mean, will the legislature pass new legislation? Would the governor sign it? Uh, certainly nobody knows for sure, uh, but it's certainly possible, and it's certainly uh, realistic to think that that might happen. So that will be uh, a big piece to watch going forward in terms of uh, uh, not just this case but other future cases. But I think uh, just as a whole, this is an interesting case and one I wanted to cover because uh, lots of individuals uh, consider IVF, and more and more people are engaging in IVF, uh, uh, in vitro fertilization in order to have children. Um, and so it's, it's certainly critical for parties uh, to consider this, to think about it, uh, to make sure that uh, a, certainly a good agreement is put into place and that there's a meeting of the mind uh, on the part of the parties. Uh, otherwise, as can be seen from this case, uh, it could be very expensive litigation, um, can be uh, certainly hard for the parties going through it, and certainly when you get into a fact pattern like this, uh, oftentimes you end up with, uh, you know, one party uh, really unhappy with the result. Um, and so, again, before parties go through IVF, I just think it's critical that parties both be on the same page. And that can certainly uh, help avert uh, this kind of fact uh, pattern. But uh, big case in Missouri, uh, one I wanted to cover one that has some big implications in the future, and certainly uh, those interesting takeaways to follow, which is does the Missouri Supreme Court do something on this case and do something in theory differently? Who knows? And will legislation be passed in Missouri, which could change the way uh, this fact pattern is analyzed as well? Who knows? Uh, but it will be definitely interesting uh, to watch and definitely interesting to follow. Again, as a follow-up to this episode, go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com. Check out the article we have there, Are Pre-Embryos Human Beings or Property and Divorce? And then, again, uh, a link in that article to the case decision itself so you can read all the facts. Again, I had to kind of sum it up quickly in the interest of time uh, for this podcast today. But go over there, read all the facts. Certainly an interesting case uh, and one spending some time uh, reading, uh, especially if you're an individual considering IVF. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, stay tuned to our next episode coming up on Family Law Talk. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stange Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. 
please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stang is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.